Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show. Phone lines are now open, uh, but this show is strictly for men only. We have a few rules and there are no profanity, no politics, no racial stuff, and this is not Bible study. Tonight's topic is red flags. My name is Darren Smith and I will be your host along with my co-host Rodney and Tony Hawkins, aka T Hawk. If uh, if you have any, if you have something to say, please feel free to do so. Or if you prefer to listen, that's fine as well. But please find your mute button and kindly put your phone on mute. So let's jump right into the topic for this evening. The night is red flags. Now there are different kind of red flags uh, that we uh, that we have, and when we're choosing our wives, when we see them that we do not quite pay attention to uh, during our courting stage. Some of them are spiritual, emotional, character flaws, interpersonal, or sexual. But while we are so busy not paying attention to the potential red flags that we're in, um, that we're in one of the, the ones that we're choosing to marry, we also ignore the red flags. For example, May 20th, 2014, Forrest Gump, Shield. Actor Michael Jace killed his wife of nine years while in the house with their two children uh, because he suspected her of cheating. Michael Chase is the one who was uh, the Black Panther member in Forrest Gump, and he plays a um, he plays a gay policeman on uh, the current show uh, Shield. Okay, so in that case, uh, do you think Mr. Chase knew? What his red flags were, not things he would make that would make pick or go absolutely crazy, or do you think that his wife saw possible red flags and ignored them because of his success? Anybody? Yeah, that's a deep one right there. Off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, that's a deep one right there. I think that. Um, I mean, it could have been paranoia. It could have been paranoia on his his part. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that was a red flag that maybe she missed. Cause, I mean, I mean, was there any proof that she was doing anything at all? Well, it didn't go in depth. They just said that he called the police officers after he after uh, he he shot her. He the one called the police and 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 uh, turned herself in. So it, it was it was nothing nothing else outside of that yet. But it's just the fact that you can kill your wife in front of your children or in the same house where your children are. I mean, red flags are not easy to hide. Well, you know, you you would think there had to be some kind of anger issues when when she was dating him. You would think that, but she married him and they've been in a relationship for nine years, so... I mean, for a man to, to, to have a career in the public eye like that and for him to just go berserk out of the blue, that's kind of, I mean, if something was there, he just didn't go crazy, wake up. Now, I can understand if he found ten toes up and ten toes down in his, in his own house, in his own bed. But that Is wasn't that what happened? No, that's not what happened. Oh, okay. That wasn't the case. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just wondering how in the world can you just – go from night to day like that. Well, I, I had a friend of mine I used to work with, and um, 
and she had separated from her husband, and and I mean, he just couldn't handle it, and and you know she would talk to me and tell me, yeah, you know he's he's upset and he's telling me he's gonna kill me, and I said you better take that seriously. She said, oh no, he's just upset, and one day he killed her. Wow. Wow. Twenty two times. But did she did she say that or? It was. Well, she it wasn't. It was for granted that he was, you know, her husband. No, this was her husband. She told me that. Okay, and, and as a matter of fact, I helped her move when she moved away from him. We were close. We were coworkers. Matter of fact, the day he killed her, she was supposed to be babysitting my child. Oh wow! And <laughs> crazy, and and um. You know, she didn't call, didn't show up, and I just took my child with me and went with my wife, and I was supposed to work that evening, and I get to the, to the job, and I'm like, you know, where's Cookie? And they were like, you didn't hear? I was, like, totally blown away. But he was, you know, for probably a month or two, he was saying things like, you know, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill me. You ain't getting away from me, you know. And, and she told me that, and I was like, Cookie, you know, you got to take that serious. And she's like, oh, no, no, he's just upset. He gets like that. Mm-hmm. And from that point, anybody ever say something like that to me, I'll take him dead serious. Yep. Yeah, I think that was, um, I think that's warning signs just being disregarded. I think that the warning signs may have been there all the time, even with your situation, Andrew. Um, for her to say, no, nah, he's not, he's, you know, he says that all the time. At some right. point, these situations are going to come to a head. That's right. Most of the and time. If somebody's yeah, saying you things, know. you can't just take that and say, well, I've been with this person for nine years. I know they're not going to do stuff like that. Okay? Mm. You know, my niece went through that same thing. And she wasn't married to him, but they, they you know, they were together, and she had a child, and and, and he was t- talking all that stuff. And, and uh, one day... He was talking that stuff. They were in an argument, and he grabbed his gun and put it to his head and blew his head off right in front of her and their baby. I know. I know it has to be some kind of indication. I mean, don't nobody are, just... But people don't take them seriously. Okay, I know this person. I know they wouldn't do that. They're just saying that. They get mad, and they're saying that. Okay, because, you know, I sleep with this person. I know this person. They're not really going to do that. But people do that. Yeah. And I guarantee you there was some situations with this woman and this actor. You know, it just didn't happen one day, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it went from zero to 60. Yeah, but I mean, it's like your kids. You know, your kids, you know, you don't go from – a child that's that's disciplined to one day the child, you know, jumping up in your face and slapping you. There's stages that go to that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm. I it just floored me because I, I just I just think that a lot of it it's already stressful being in you know, in a workforce, uh, as it is and then he's not a struggling actor. You know, he's on one of the series right now that I I love watching with my grandson because it's kind of wrapped around the comic book, uh, the Marvel comics, and you know the um, the popular movie just came out with um, the uh, Avengers. 
So um, it's kind of spilling off of that. So he's not a struggling actor. I mean, usually you find that in people that's like out of work or, you know, they turn to drugs, they turn to crime, they turn to a whole lot of things. But that wasn't the case. And I just don't think that um, that when these red flags are, 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 are shown or flown, that people should just um, should just ignore them. You know, I don't, I don't. Mm, that that's very sad to me. You know, what, what his name what about? His name is Michael Jace, J A C E. What about the opposite? When you have uh, a woman who exhibits red flags of domestic violence. Um, I know we as men oftentimes, we probably don't think that she'll take it seriously, but at the same time, it's really generally no fear, you know, against the, from the, coming, you know, towards the, from the woman to the man versus if it was a man towards a woman. So, you know, are the red flags often disregarded when it comes to, the woman that's exhibiting traits of being a physically abusive? The yeah, problem I mean, is when a, when a woman is physically abusive, you run into the Jay-Z deal. You can't win. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, you, if you reach out and, and knock her head off, you know, you, you're an abuser. And if you don't do nothing, you're a punk. Yeah, I saw when you put that out there. Um, but when a woman is an abuser, the guy really kind of overlooks it because he feels that she can't hurt him, physically exactly. hurt him. Right. You know, so it's not a big deal if she slapped me. You know, hey, man, she's just a little crazy. She's crazy about me, you know. And they, they get a, some guys get a rise out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, can recall, I can recall one day my brother, he let me listen to this um this phone message that this girl had left for him because she saw him out with another girl and this girl was upset and she was cursing them out and she said she's on her way over there and she finna bring her boys and the glot and she we better have every he better have everybody out of his mama's house because they're gonna i'm like yo man when did she leave this message because i'm about to go (laughs) but he said man she and he's laughing about it and 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 I'm not because I had just came down from uh from up here to go to Atlanta and he just was bragging about how this girl was just calling him and just and she was blowing up his phone while I was there and I told him he needed to take it serious and he said she wasn't gonna do nothing thank God she didn't um, but I, it was just scary how she was talking to him you know because he led her to believe that she was the only one so that's a dangerous so right. game to play go ahead. Say that again. I said that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. So have you ever look, overlooked um, in the mirror and saw flaws within that uh, that you need to change yourself? Have you? I mean, I know it's it's hard to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, I'm looking in the mirror like this man Michael Chase did, and 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 Jace, I'm sorry, and you look in the mirror and say, man, I need to fix this about myself. Or I don't need to be with no woman. Or I need to fix this, you know, about myself. Or I don't need to join the police force where they give me a gun. Or join the, the military where, you know, 
where they give me a gun and kill people when I go overseas. You know, I have. Do anybody have anybody ever looked in the mirror at themselves and say, "Look, I need to change this about myself before I get tangled up and bring somebody else into my life." Don't nobody want to admit. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes we have anger issues that we have to control. And I think that's as far as responding to certain things that happen in your life um, before marriage. And you may respond a certain way or before you have kids. And then you know that now that your kids are watching you and your wife is watching you, you can't respond the same way. So I think that those are the things that we struggle with as men is changing how we respond to hostile situations in front of our family. See what I'm saying? I was actually reading the story on this guy, uh, Michael, and um, he had some issues, man. You know, I mean, it, was, it wasn't the first one. They've had several um, um, situations where he had anger issues. I think they had financial issues as well because he had to file Chapter 13. You know, so I'm still reading on this guy. I don't think it was something where it just happened, like Andrew said. It's just all of a sudden he just killed his wife. He may have had a built-up frustration going on from the job and, 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 and finances, and then maybe he, you know, was dealing with a little bit of jealousy, jealousy because he, he may have thought he was less than a man's wife or something. I don't know. But I think, just like Andrew said, that these situations are, are gradually coming to play, and sometimes we just disregard the warning signs. Yeah, and that goes back to what the host said about, you know, he's a successful actor, but that doesn't mean they're exempt from financial problems. You know, as I learned a long time ago, it's not it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. You know, I think also most men, we think we can handle any situation that comes along our way. We think we're in control and we're all right. Most men just, don't think that they need help. I mean, give you an example. How many? How long has this show been on the air? Five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is year number six, yes, sir. How many hundreds of men should be on here now? <laughs> Plenty hundreds. <laughs> okay. We should have, you know, three subsets of calls going on. That's right. Three, but well, men don't reach out because they think they got it all together. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. See, I I had drifted away for a while, and my wife knew you ain't got it all together. You need to get on there and have those men beat you up. <laughs> I hope we do a good job of that. Right. <laughs> I'm on you. But like no, you said, it took right. your wife. It took nothing. Your... It's Tuesday night. You need to get on there, and you need some men to tell you when you ain't acting right. But it took your wife to really, you know. For you to recognize that, because you yourself, like you said, it was something that you were like, I got this, and your I wife was the you one know, that so said, I'm, no, you don't. That's right. She noticed how I was getting short with her and how, you know, I wasn't doing things in the way that I should be doing them, and, and, and you know, she's asking me, everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. Why are you asking me that? Okay, I just noticed. Notice what? Hey, you seem a little short, a little upset. I just want to make sure everything's all right. Yeah, I'm fine. 
I know that you don't get on that call like you used to. Wow. You know, and I sat back, and when she said that, I went, wow. <laughs> wow. It, it hit me, and I had been on in a couple of months, and it hit me, and I was like, well, she picks up in my actions, and and she correlated it to me not being accountable to other men. Mm. And men don't want to be accountable. Right. Wow, wow. That's the words. I never thought about that. Mm. That's awesome, Andrew. And I wish a lot of men can hear uh, what you just said because, you know, I make myself, uh, I have to be on here, you know, because it keeps me, it keeps me, not, I ain't going to say sane, you know, God does that, but my wife, like you said, she actually say, okay, you know, before I became fully associated with with the show, my wife would always ask me, you know, the same question that your wife asked you. So and 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 I was like, well, you know, and and it just got me to think about this this topic, red flags. You know, well, I wonder what red flags or signals did I send off to make her remind me to call in. You know, she in the bed and I climb up in the bed next to her and she's like, uh, it's Tuesday. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, what does that mean? You know, and and she would actually remind me. So, um, so thank God for her. Um, but uh, where, I mean, I, I got another question. Was there something passed down to you perhaps from a generational curse, a learned behavior, or forced on you by another person that you brought into your marriage uh, covertly or without knowing? Like, for example, I, I, I didn't know when I looked at my, my father and seeing that he drinks but he used to drink when he was alive, and I seen how out of control he got. And 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 I drank I drank one time, and I felt me losing myself. And that second I felt me losing myself, which I couldn't control my anger, I couldn't control uh, the way I was thinking. I thought I was above the law, so to speak. It felt that way anyway. Uh, and that's the day I said I will never, ever drink again. And that was my first time drinking. Uh, and I covertly brought it into my marriage because I don't know, it wasn't a learned behavior because I didn't do anything, but I just noticed the cocky attitude that I that came with drinking certain things or drinking, trying to keep up with other people uh, at the bar. So, because uh, I was in the Navy, and that, that stuff was, it really uh, almost had a hold on me a little bit. And, and, and I, at that moment, in the, in the midst of my drinking, I thought about what I've seen my father do when he was uh, that way. And I had, to, I had to really put everything down and say, let me collect myself because I, I got something in me that, uh, that I'm not happy with that could spin out of control quickly. So has anybody else, have anybody else had that same experience? I think, I think, I think we deal with that too. Um, and I think there's something else, though, that we really, we really overlook when you talk about bringing things from our past and from our parents. 
And I think that that is our diet, the foods that we eat. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We bring those bad habits, those horrible foods into our our marriage. And then mm-hmm. we tell our wives as men, yeah, this is what I want you to cook for me. And mm-hmm. it may not be good for you. And then your wife may look at you and say, well, you know what, maybe we want to eat healthy. And you're like, yeah, well, I like this and I like that, and that's what we've all eaten for years. I think sometimes bad eating and bad, a bad diet is definitely hereditary. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you, you, you know, it's just something that, that we overlook. We look at the anger, we look at the alcohol, but what's worse sometimes is what we put into our body that we got from our parents and that we got from, and that they got from their parents and they weren't healthy you know, eating all that grease and high cholesterol foods, you know what I'm saying? And and, and and now it's in our family, and then we give it to our kids. So, you know, if you notice, a lot of times people aren't taking medication until they get into a marriage situation. And once they get married, now they're taking medication for a certain type of diseases. It's because of the food. So I think that some of the She times worries you to death, that's why. She worries you to death how? I said, because that's because the woman worries you to death. Now you need blood pressure medication. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if you need that, I mean, you got to see if your father needed it, and his father needed it. And that's because sure. of the bad diets that we keep bringing in, these hereditary diets that, you know, that yeah, we bring into our marriage. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing today? Hey, hey what's up, brother. Reggie Williams talking here. Go ahead, brother. You got it. Man, uh, again, great conversation. If I can just kind of trot back a little bit, um, so many great things have been said. But I, I like to start off, man, one of the dangerous things that we often uh, don't understand is the mental health issues that we deal with. And oftentimes people think mental health is just those individuals who are walking down the street acting crazy. When you start talking about anger issues, what you're actually talking about is a mental disorder. And sometimes that mental disorder happens quite naturally in diet. It happens in what I call cultural DNA. You know, we have a genetic DNA and then we have a cultural DNA. What happens in the house we learn, what happens in the hood we learn, and we take that to the larger world. And one of the most dangerous things that happens that people don't really recognize is that as little boys, we are taught not to cry. So we learn very early in our life to compress our feelings. And subsequently, in suppressing our feelings, we never are taught how to properly emote. So we hold this, this, excuse me, we hold this hurt in. We hold this anger in because if I, if I say anything, somebody will, will, will marginalize what I feel and who I am and what I think. So let me keep this in. Let me feel, let me show the world that I got this thing together. I can't come to somebody and say, hey, you know what, man, I'm scared. Or, hey, I don't know how to do this. Because when, when that happens, then somebody thinks of me as less of a man. And, 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 and when we learn that, 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 that process as a little boy not to cry, people applaud us for it. So now that we are getting applause for it, we keep doing it because we keep reaching for the applause. And we take that throughout our entire life. So now we're 25, 30, 35 years old and we're married, and we don't know how to have this conversation, this emotional conversation, and in a a productive way with our wives because all our lives we've been told to shut up. 
Wow. And so, again, that moves into all kinds of disorders, man. It, it, like I say, when you have these anchors, I deal with brothers with anger. And, mm-hmm. and, and so what happens is when they, when they come in, the first thing, hey, yo, I ain't got nothing to say to you, man. And right. the reason why I don't have anything to say to you is because, yo, I, I, I you the first of all, you don't know my situation. You don't understand my situation. And I don't trust you to tell you what's going on with me. So let me sit back here and, and, and chill. And until we have situations like this show and, and, and conversations and, and, and whatever, you're going to keep happen, uh, keep situations like what happened with Michael, what is it, Chase? Uh, Chase? Yes, you know, yes. We, 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 we don't learn how to properly emote, and, that, and oftentimes, man, that, that construct runs our entire life until we find some man who comes along and tells him, yo, brother, you're wrong. Because I don't know who said it. As men, we have to be accountable to one another. That is our responsibility. And if we're not being accountable to one another, man, then we are not living as true men. So that's just my piece for the day. No, man, that's a big piece, man, because guess what? That's a good piece. We, gotta, we, we got to learn how to fix it because now that you you got this grown man with this huge issue that he's still not allowing people to know because it's a big secret because he's been told to shut up. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden you bring that shut up mentality into manhood that he's going to now pass down to his son. And the only way he know how to express his emotion is to hit, blurt out, shoot somebody, slap somebody or, or whatever. So how do you suggest that we fix that? I know the show is great, mm-hmm. and that is a big start. But some men need immediate attention. Some men need immediate conversation. So how do they how do they go from from having those huge issues to making them minute and manageable in a marriage or a fatherhood situation? Let, let, let me tell you something that's amazing, man. Uh-huh. Men want to be held to a higher standard. They they truly do. And so what happens is. When you, you, you think about this, you ever had a rock in your shoe? I mean, a pebble. Yes, it's a pebble in your shoe. How uncomfortable it is. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. When Bob. you see a brother, when you see a brother, you've got to you, you've got to give him some information that will be a rock in his head that will challenge where he's at. Now, at the point that you give it to him, he, he may not feel it, and he may even press you against it. But when you put it in there, when you plant that seed in there, I'm telling you, it will begin to germinate, and something else will happen along the line. Somebody else will say something, and then somebody mm-hmm. else will say something, and he'll go back to what you said to him a month ago. Man, that brother I met in the barbershop, man, said that a month ago. We just have to challenge what people say, and we have to do it in a way that makes them comfortable. Oftentimes, like I said, again, when I have a class, I have a, I have a class every Monday night, and what happens with this class is these brothers are mandated by the court that comes to class. So they got to okay. come. They got to come hear what I got to say. So when they come in, like I said, the first thing, they, they don't want to hear what I got to say because, yo, dude, you don't, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. What happens is they'll put information out there. Like I'll give you an example, man. I had one dude about three weeks ago. Yo, man, you know what I'm saying? Now check this out, man. All women, and you know what he said all women was. And so, okay, that's how you feel. So I said, okay, cool. I, I got you. And, I, and, and we had a little conversation, and I came back around to him, and I said, did you ever stop to think maybe all the women that you deal with are what you mm. said they are? Uh-oh. So now I got his attention, right? But I don't have his full attention. So here's what I say to him. I said, tell me this, man. Tell me this. 
what do you have? Because I knew he had kids. So I got two daughters. I said, would you want your daughters to date you? He said, huh? Mm. I said, would you want your daughters to date a dude like you? He mm. said, nah, man. At that point, his mind, I, I, I got him now. So right. when he come in class now, he's sitting up in the front of the class because he want to hear what I got to say. You just got you got to challenge them in a way that doesn't make that doesn't marginalize what they say. Because a lot of times they'll tell me what they say. I'm like, cool, I, I got you. I, I feel you. It's good. It's all good. I, I, I believe that. But hey, take take this with you. And all I'm right. trying to do is just give them a little something to go with them. And like I said, and if it's strong enough, they'll 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 continue to think about that thing, man. It, it, it'll play on their mind. And it, and it comes back to the biblical scripture where it says, uh, uh, I think it was Apollo who planted the seed and. Paul, who watered the seed, and, and God is going to give the increase. And that's all you want to do. All you want to do is drop a seed and move, man. Right, right, right. That's awesome. I don't think I don't think fellas think about that, you know, somebody else's pain, somebody else's hurt, especially if it's a man, because if you're looking at another man, you automatically figure that he don't want to be told what to do. So you kind of, like, turn the, turn the blinds down and, and say, you know, I'm not going to go there. Unless he asks me a question, then I'll try to help him out. But initially, I'm not going to go to him and say, look, man, you need this, especially when you see him needing something. You don't mm-hmm. want to insult him pretty much when you, when you uh, throw him your advice. Don't, yeah, but I, don't, don't, don't give him advice. Ask him a question. Beat right, him right. down with questions, man, because if you ask enough questions, they'll come to the answer themselves. Wow. I don't never I don't never want to sell you on anything. Anything that I believe and what my thought process, I don't want to sell you on that. But I'm gonna ask you enough questions, man, that you're gonna figure out the answer through the answers that you give to the questions. So like I said, when I asked the dude, do you want your daughters to date a dude like you? At that very point he knew he was a cruddy dude. Mm. I didn't have to tell him that. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Self evaluation on the spot. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That goes back to what T said a couple of weeks ago when he asked a question. I think someone asked a question about, you know, if you see a dude on the street and there's no way of turning him from his lifestyle, you know, what would you say to that dude? And and the first thing you he said we should say is, uh, make sure you get you a lawyer because you're gonna need one. And that that right there plants a, a huge seed because now he, he knows that at that point that he's not invincible. And one day this, he's going to get caught. Yep. You know, so yep. you're right in line yep. with that. Yep. Yep. Go so, ahead, so, so let me ask a question. In a marriage, is it a red flag when your wife no longer asks you to do things? You know, like when you're in the beginning, they ask you to do stuff, and then all of a sudden they just stop asking you to do anything. Is that a red flag, you think? I mean, as opposed as opposed to somebody, she gonna ask another dude to do it, or well, no, opposed, no, no. She just she just she just starts to handle it herself. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. A red flag, man. That's a red flag. <laughs> now it may not be it may not be bad, but you at least got to figure out what's going on here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. She used to ask me. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I see this lady down the street, right, cutting her grass, you know, and I see I see the truck parked out back, you know, and I seen the dude drive the truck. Um, so I know there's a, a, a man, a husband that's there, but every time I see this one lady out there, and it's a push mower pushing her grass. So I'm thinking, 
Did she get to the point where she just stopped asking him to cut the grass and now she's out there doing it herself? Maybe he got allergies. He could have allergies. Well, you know, in the hood, man, we see that as opportunity. Either we're going to make some money or we're going to get at the lady. But either way, it's an opportunity for something. Maybe, maybe not. My ex-wife used to like to cut the lawn. And you let her? Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) You can come come cut my lawn if you want. I I don't like cutting the lawn. Right. Mm. Yeah, I I don't don't Mm. like cutting grass either, but before I get my wife out there, I do call P-Town and say, hey, look, man, come and hook me up. Well, you know, now, I'm not going to have my wife cutting the grass now. Yeah, but, like. but you know what I'm saying. No, because the reason why I say that is because if it's something that I'm supposed to be doing and she's doing it, then the first thing that comes in my mind is another dude going to see her doing it and try to use that as an opportunity to, you know, do whatever. And like T-Hawk said, that might be a red flag that she's uh, she's fed up with me. And then the, the, the very thing that turns her on is a man that want to step up and take that spot and say, hey, I got it. Don't even worry about it. I don't even pay. I don't even want no money. I I hook you up this time. She may see the another dude out there with a weed whacker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, 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 well. And you know, Darren, you bring up a good point because a lot of times they'll ask us, you know, well, how do I look in this dress? How does my hair look? You know, what I'm saying, how does my eye? How do my eyebrows? You know, do you like these shoes? And then after a while, they may stop asking you that. Because they have to ask you to find out, you know, for you to give them that, that, those words of encouragement. Like, yeah, honey, I like your shoes. They want us to pay attention. But when we stop paying attention, it's because, just like you said, maybe somebody else is already giving her a compliment that you aren't. So now she stopped asking you, how does my hair look? And somebody already telling her, hey, your hair looks nice today. Hey, your dress matches your eye color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and and I really hope my man Rodney is paying attention to this because his wife screamed out in front of 40 people, I want my husband to tell me I look good when I'm working out. <laughs> and she done said it. <laughs> so so you make sure you, you tell work? your wife, you make sure you, you tell work? her that she looks good. <laughs> yeah, she work. kept it real that night, didn't she? Yeah, she kept it real. She always keeps it real. <laughs> yes. So did that lady that, that said that, that I make the money so I make the decision. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, she screamed it out too. And that's a red flag. I definitely wouldn't have got with her. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, man, brother is in for some stuff. He is for it. But yeah, that that's that's what kind of stuff we need to look for. But a lot, of, a lot, a lot of times, I think we pay attention to the sexual piece more so than anything else. And everything else after we get our release, it doesn't matter what she say. You know, um, a lot of times when we're focused even on something, whatever they're talking about, we just like, okay, whatever. And it could be a, a, a red flag that they're trying to give us, but we're really not paying any attention to them because that's not what we're focused on right now. And that's because there's a difference between dating and mating and once you start crossing those lines you get blinded and you don't want to see that stuff mm. i want to see what's up andrew what you talking about huh no go ahead 
No, I was just trying to talk about what you said, and I just I just don't want to believe that it's like that in a marriage. That we well, have, not in a marriage. I'm just talking about beforehand. No, no, I'm not, not talking not about in the marriage. Said. I'm talking about in the dating process. Exactly, but I'm not talking about what you said, Andrew. I'm talking about what what Darren had said about we having a tunnel vision and we're just thinking about you know rubbing one out, you know. And I just think that it's different in a marriage. I think that we, you know. Our wife is not to jump off, so it's got to be a little bit more that's on our mind other than that. No, you know, no, no. So I'm not just... saying. I'm not saying sex is the sex is the main thing that got our attention. I'm saying that we're a lot of us are focused on things that. I mean, it could be sex, but nine times out of ten, after that's done, then it's like, okay, let me get refocused back on the task at hand. You know, I I, I got to get focused on getting this money, or I got to get focused on you know, these bills that are coming in the house. And when we're focused like that, and then the first thing our wife want to talk about is, let me go get my hair done, your focal point is bills or making the grind happen, and you're not really paying any attention to what she's saying, which could be a red flag in, in what she's t- actually saying, but you're not thinking about it because you're so focused on the mission or your own mission. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Because a lot of times, you know, we if we're in the grind, if we if we if we mission focus, I've been mission focused on this show. Uh, not so much so that she's noticed because I do it while she sleep or, or but I, I got to be careful because I don't want any other time. I don't want to be a time thief, you know, for my wife. I don't want to steal none of her time when I'm usually spending with her and, and, and pushing it off on something else. I really want her to engage with me, you know, tell me, hey, go, uh, don't you supposed to be doing something with the show? I mean, I want all that time to be given to her so she won't lose focus on anything because I can get omni, omnidirectional as well. You know, I can start focusing on one thing and ignore everybody. And I'm perfectly fine with that for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. I want to drop a monkey wrench right along the lines of what you guys are talking about, um, and it's regarding phony green flags. You know, the topic is red flags, but I want to talk about phony green flags. And, you know, back to Andrew's comment about pre-marriage and post-marriage, was it a phony green flag when she was giving it to you, however you wanted it, pre-marriage? versus (laughs) versus <laughs> versus if she was giving it to you post marriage when you were dating, wouldn't that have been a red flag? I think you need to coin I think you need to coin that phrase phony green flag, put it on a T shirt and bumper stickers and sell it and retire in a year. Yeah. That's true. That is a great slogan. Phony green flags. You I retire. Think that's another word for representative. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Because, no. because <laughs> I mean, that phony green flag to me is a lie. This so is it's a, a representative. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just a straight up. You know, representative is I think is a milder. You know, I mean, because we're all that. We're all you know. We're on our best behavior. You know, as a representative, but that 
what what he's talking about is something that is done deliberately to achieve a goal. And once mm-hmm. you achieve that goal, I've achieved that goal, now I no longer have to do this task. Mm-hmm. We don't even think like that either. But we, it, after you're married, you're not even thinking about that. You're like, man, I just know I used to have a whole lot of something, and now I get a whole lot of nothing. And I get a whole lot more of your mouth, but I get a whole lot less what I used to love. <laughs> you know? And then you're At still the expected. You're, you're right. And then you're still expected to do the same things or more, with less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. So where do we go from there? You know, how do you? And I know next week's topic is. I don't want to really get into it, the trap, but that's where we at. At that point, we stuck. I mean, there's no way to fix that except for talking. But if she don't, if she choose not to fix it, then you stuck. So how do we get to the back to the point where, hey, I mean, when we before we got married, we was we was doing our thing, but now it's like you slowed down tremendously, and there's no purpose for it. I mean, it ain't like you got this and that going on, you know. I mean, well, can I, get, I mean, the get it once a week? The difference is, you know, as as it is that you know that she has the ring now. And I think that, and you know, y'all may disagree with me, but I think that the problem is we as men stop dating our wives. So, you know, it's, it's a little, it goes a little bit both ways where we both get complacent, whereas we don't really need much to keep our sexual drive high, um, but they do. So after the wedding, you know, after the honeymoon and all that good stuff, we, we get into a routine and we get into a mode and, you know, we still think, expect to, to get it just like we did when we were dating. However, we're not doing the things that we were doing, you know, the, the writing, the love notes or, you know, the little calls or whatever it is that you did, mm-hmm. you know, you spent a little time and money at the Hallmark store uh, when you were dating. But I think we get complacent, you know, in that after marriage. And that's mm. why, you know, we don't. So I, I, I put it back on us to an extent. No, 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 no. Well, he's trying to earn them. He's trying to earn them brownie points. That he know. is. Nice try. Nice try. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. You can't reward bad behavior. You know it. You can't. You know what I mean? So you get into a situation like that, and it starts to change you're not going to be motivated to do those things that you want to do. Because remember, we, we, we did those things with a sense of purpose, to achieve something, right? But now when you know that that thing that you're trying to achieve is no longer there, what are you trying to impress at that point? And I understand what you're saying, that we do slack off, but we slack off for good reason, I think. Yeah. Because once you show that sign – that it ain't that 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 it would once once the green flag is thrown, and we know oh man that was just a green flag just to make it look luxurious make it look sweet, but that's really not the case. What happens to us? At that point, we shut down. That's right. We, we, we shut stop. down. We deflated. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't write no love letter. I'm deflated. Are you kidding me? Mm. <laughs> But how do you change that? You know, 
I mean, if you're not getting what you used to get when you was dating, what do you do to change that if they just refuse to change? I mean, because at not, that but, moment, go ahead. I'm go ahead. sorry. No, at no, that moment, you find out you're really not compatible. You, at that moment, it's like, you know, you know what? When I, when you was given those false green flags, I was compatible with that. Yep. Man, this new person that you are now, after we got married, you know, you you eating cookies and snacks and you getting fat. And then you ask me, are you fat? And then I got to lie and say you're not just so I won't get you mad. And then now um, then you keep eating the stuff that you don't supposed to eat and getting fatter. And, you know, then you look at me if I say, hey, baby, put them cookies down. You know, you need to work out some. Then you get mad with me, and then I'm cut off from the from the stuff for a little while. You know, now I find out I'm not compatible with who you really were or who you really are because I was compatible and I was attractive to that go-getter. I was attractive to that to that one that was going out there with three jobs and working out all the time and eating healthy and made sure I was covered and made sure I had, you know, you had my back. Now it's like, you know, 40 pounds later, how do I look in this dress? And I can't even say fat. And I think the challenge then becomes, because like, cause you're already in it at this point, so either yeah. it's going to be a lot of late night talks or some counseling or some whatever it is. It's going to be a lot of that, or you say, now I have to figure out whether I can live with this current situation. And then you lie to yourself and say, yeah, but there's these positive things over here that I can't live without, so that's more important than the things that I really want. Mm. You know, so we end up throwing a red, a, a green flag on ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Now, but let me ask you a question: How do you explain your potential flaws or, or flaws your mate uh, has without scarring her? How do you explain your flaws to her without scaring her off? You know, if you know you got a problem, uh, for example, my my father was a womanizer, a cheater, abuser, alcoholic, and you know, which is potentially in me. So he was all of those things, but when I got with my wife, I didn't tell her none of that stuff. Matter of fact, I didn't even let her meet him because I thought that she was going to see something in him that that she was like, well, do I really want to get with this dude? So it mm. took me a long time to, to, to introduce her to him because I, I didn't want her to say, you know, the, the apple don't fall far from the tree when she met him. You know what I mean? So you're saying that your DNA could be a red flag? Yes. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. That, I mean, that you don't mean what you but it, it could be. It, it, it just could be. But I mean, just in that little drink that I had, I felt I felt like I never felt before in a negative way. And it was okay, not me. Now, 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 let me drop something on you. Yeah. Okay. So, sounds to me that you was waving a green flag that whole time. Because you already know what your possibilities could be. You already know how your father was and maybe how his father was. You already know that, you know, that there's things that could, that could potentially come out in you. And what you did was you hid it from her. 
You even hid your physical father from her. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Instead mm-hmm. of saying, okay, this is really what it is. And I think that's what we're asking them to do. Say, okay, this is really what it is. And when they don't, we call them representatives. We call them liars. We call them this other thing. So I think that we all do it, you know. So I think it would have been better for you to have said, okay, this is my father. Meet him. This is how he rolls. I don't agree with how he rolls. So you'll never have to worry about me doing this. Other than you, you hiding your father, then you roll like him, and then she meets your father later and say, man, here it is. That's why he act the way he act. Well, I don't. I didn't see it as a false green flag. I saw because I never did engage in that type of behavior to know if I was if I had that in me or not. I just know what I saw. You know, so why would you hide your father if that's not you? Well, as I grew uh, into me being a man. Uh, I kind of wanted to – certain things was going on that I didn't want to come out. Like if they say, hey, let's go have a barbecue or something like that. I would go, but I would leave when the drinking starts. You know what I mean? Because sure. I, di- I didn't want to see that, and I didn't want anybody else who I was with to see that. Because I didn't know how it was going to go. You know what I mean? And, and I, that never, it never happened to me at that point that I knew something was in me that I didn't like. You know, I just like, man, that's a jacked up dude. But, but when I when I let somebody talk me into taking a shot or two of whatever I was drinking, I was like, whoa, man, this is not this is not it right here. Mm, mm. You know, I see gotcha. the reflection. I see the reflection of something that I didn't like, and and sure. and, it, and it scared me. And it scared me. So I. I didn't tell my wife about that time because that was in my previous marriage. She just know that I don't drink because of something, and she just figured it out later on. She just figured it, okay, his father did this, and he probably just don't drink because he's a Christian. Well, that's cool if you want to think that way, I just, but I just never told her, and I never drink. So I figured that, well, I should, I, I'm not going to have to tell her because I'm not going to ever drink. What about, drink what about the womanizer? What about the womanizer? Well, that's just not in me. You know, I tried that one time, and that just, you know, <laughs> I didn't get everything from. Him. You know, I mean, I mean, he was a, I was a product of, of a side chick. You know, while he was married, and, you know, I'm the product of uh, him. and My mama got together. I got you. So I, I'm a product of them. I'm a product of them. You know taking a little escapade or whatever, and then and I got to get introduced to his wife that he's been married too long, but older than I am, you know what I mean? So she explained to me all the, you know, all the things that he was doing, you know, um, in their marriage and relationship, and I just, I know that's in me too. I, I'm like, man, I got the potential to do that too. So but I didn't so really... You, go ahead. You, you look at... Okay, so... You look at it like, and I'm just asking a question because my father was the same way. He was a womanizer, and he drank a lot of liquor, mm-hmm. a lot, um, um, all the time. And he would get drunk and be somebody else, you know. And mm-hmm. I had the potential. I just chose not, and I drank a lot of liquor too. <laughs> but 
I didn't right. do it like he did because I can, you know. He, but anyway, there's a lot of things that he did that I did because I maybe I saw him do it, or maybe because the, it was a it was a generational thing. Maybe my boys were doing it. We're all doing it, you know. But it came to a point in my life where I said, okay, this is not the person that I want to be any longer. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I had to make a decision for me. But my father still did it, and he may still do it. I don't think he does now, but you know what I'm saying? So for you, do you think that it was because your father did it that you felt as though you had the potential, but it couldn't because of your homies as well? Well, I was never influenced by anybody. I, I follow my own street, and I make my own driveway, you know, but I didn't think, I was like, when I was younger and I seen all the things he was doing, I was like, I'd never be like that. So I, I felt that I didn't have anything to worry about. And, uh, and uh, I didn't feel that what I didn't like until I had that first hard drink. Sure. And then I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is familiar. You know, uh, I'm liking this evil that I feel. But I don't supposed to like this, you know. I don't supposed to be this happy. I don't supposed to be this bold and ready to. I don't supposed to feel this strong, strong enough to say whatever I want to say, strong enough to do whatever I want to do. I don't supposed to feel this way. So that Why was like a wake up call. What were you drinking? What did you drink? Man, I don't. I don't know. They gave a round to everybody. It wasn't the. Uh, I don't think it was a drink. It was. It was just the atmosphere. The way it hit me in my chest, and they gave another round, and I say sure, and you know now I'm the life of the party, and it's just oh whoa wait a minute this is not Darren. Did did you enjoy yourself? Man, I had too much fun grabbing booties, grabbing breasts. I was out there. Wow! If your wife you would have saw what? that, that would have been a red flag. Yeah, 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 definitely. I was in the Navy then, so I was like, yeah, you know, round on me. I don't know how much money I spent that night. Mm. And it was just ridiculous. I just said, wait a minute, what is going on? And then I had that headache the next morning, and I said, this reminds me of someone who I don't really care for. Mm. And that would be your father. Yeah, I, I guess that that's when I discovered that I really didn't care for him at that time. Gotcha. You know, and and that brings me to my next question: Is it possible to change a red flag which you yourself are carrying? Mm. I know I did. Okay. Yeah, I know I did, but it it was very difficult. It wasn't difficult, but I had to attach myself to something spiritual in order to detach myself to the potential crash or the potential problem or the potential disaster. Yes. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that, um, and I don't want to do all the talking because I kind of feel like I am, but I, I think that um, the spiritual aspect of it will definitely give you a reason to change some of your ways and get rid of those red flags that you're carrying. Is that the only way? I mean, that's what did it for me. And I'll tell you a story. Um, There's a friend of mine that you know, and he was buck wild. 
I mean, buck wild in every sense of the word. And then I lost touch with him for, you know, a little while. And then he came back screaming God's name. And when people used to, back in the day when I didn't know any better, when people would come back, when you're not seeing Buck Wild, and then they would all of a sudden be holy folks, I always thought something bad happened in their life to make that transformation. And that's what I thought about this guy. I said, did somebody die? Did you find out you got cancer? What happened? Why all of a sudden now you you this righteous cat? You know, um, I mean, seriously, man, it's like night and day, like, dude, wait a you know, it's like one day you sitting here at the bar, you're hollering at women, ordering shots, and then like the next day he's like, you know, well, let me drop this Bible verse on you. Uh-huh. You know, you're like, well, what happened? What, what? I mean, because that is a huge transformation. In my eyes, I always thought something tragic had to happen. Um until I got saved, and then I said, well, nothing tragic has to happen. God is in control. And he says, okay, it's time to stop. You stop, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, know, I don't know any other way other than God tells you to stop or something tragic happens and you have to stop. Mm. I don't know any other way. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing happened to me. I, I, had a, I, got a, I got a good buddy. Y'all know him. And uh, same thing happened to him, man. It was night and day. And I and I saw, I saw the now you see the very worst, because you know I I didn't I didn't see him as worse at all, but he would tell me how bad it was, and I was like, man, I don't need when you drunk, I can't even tell, you know. I just see your eyes kind of red, but whatever, you know, everybody eyes red when they tired. But from that day to the time that he 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 uh, changed is night and day. Like you said, it, it has to be a uh, Something bizarre, and it was something bizarre that happened to him. But it, it, I mean, night and day. You know, my wife to the point where my, if, if my wife don't like you, she ain't gonna like you. I don't care what kind of changing you do. But she didn't like him at all, and now she loves him. That's her brother. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And it had to be that aspect of it that that changed his whole aura. Still the same cool dude. But it just that aspect had had changed. So, you know, I applaud him for that. Go ahead, Rodney. Yeah. What about something that you said earlier about, um, you know, going back to the, the whole concept of green flags and how can how can how someone spends money be a red flag? As long as they're spending their own money. What do you mean by that? I mean, if they're spending their own money and not yours, it, it, it's, it's all good, you know. Uh, if you're a potential mate, if we're out dutching, then that's cool. But if we out, if we're we're trying to establish something, and I still see you spending spending wildly, then that's a that's that's a serious red flag. Serious red flag because that shows what she's going to be doing when she's in a relationship with you. So which, so which one is it? You said that it's not a problem if she's spending her own money, but then you said if she's spending wildly, like can't she spend her own money wildly? And it, would that why would that be a problem? It'd be a problem because if we get married, I see our account or our money is one. So if she still feel like if we if we're just dutching or if we just screwing, 
or, you know, what have you. I wouldn't care about what she's doing with her money, you know, and, and especially if she's spending it on me. But if we're try, talking about a relationship and I got to see where her head is at, you know, as far as putting our bank accounts together, as far as uh, trying to bring, do she really, because some women think that, you know, your money is our money and my money is just the stuff that I use my money for. And I've seen some relationships where they split every bill down the middle, the house note, the electric bill, the, you know, so we first got to get on the same page. And if we're on the same page and we're doing it for a while, then, you know, it could be a potential red flag if she fall off that wagon. Did you say some women think that your money is our money and her money is her money? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I think you meant all. Well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to put them in a category of one spot, man, but, you know, I know the ones that I dealt with, you know, they all like, you know, that's my money. I, I, I work for that. Why I can't get my hair cut or my hair, you know, done and, and spend my money on this car? I mean, big purchases, you know, <laughs> so... My ex-wife, she drove in the driveway one day with a BMW 325. And I said, whose car is that? And she said, oh, it's mine. I was like, well, I mean, who am I? You know, did you did you bother to ask me? No, I got it coming out of my check. I got the, you know, I got everything in my name, so you don't have to worry about nothing. Hmm. I was like, well, when I went to go get you know, I had to get permission from you to get my Camry. And then you gave me all kind of beef about that because you were saying that we can't afford this and that. That was when I wasn't working. Okay, well, you're working now, but that doesn't mean you can spend your money on a BMW just because you ain't got no no, no, no responsibility with your, your check. You supposed We're we supposed to be saving that. That's why you got a job, because so we can save that money. <laughs> And she just didn't see it that it was mine at all. I, I didn't have any rights to tell her what to do with her money because I was, you know, you call yourself the man, so go ahead and pay the bills, man. You know, it's just a double standard. Well, that woman at, at the restaurant wasn't your wife, was she? What woman at the restaurant? The one that said, my money is my money. Well, my ex-wife did to say that. She felt that way. But you know what? She did not give. No, that no, 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 no. That wasn't my wife. No, I know who you're talking about. No, that wasn't my wife. My wife. Just a that. joke, man. Just a joke. Yeah, I know, but it was. <laughs> it was you... a woman that said that. I remember that. Yeah, you know, my wife knows that. You know, we split. You know, the way we think about money is all ours, and we have to talk to each other, discuss each other. You know, discuss with each other what purchases we make, because. Um, you just don't go out and buy BMWs and then just come home and just roll your neck at me. And then I asked for a key, and she's like, Negro, you want to drive my car? Shoot. You know, it was like that. But she can jump in my stuff anytime she wants to. Yeah, that's probably a red flag. When, yeah, it was a problem one day when um, when the cops came over, and uh, and I tried to get something out of her car. And I went to go. I went to go look for the key that was on my keychain to her car, and she, you know this was during the middle of the 
about to get a divorce, and she went took behind me and took my key off my keychain. And when the police came over, he was like, and, you know, I tried to get it back, and that's when she called the police. And uh, he came over, and he said, that's joint, that's community property. And she argued with him, no, that's not community property. That's my car. And he was like, ma'am, that is both of you guys' car. Y'all are married. It's community property. So I said, I can go out here and slice these ties, and you can't do nothing about it. He said, hey, that's your, that's your car. That's community property. And then she was like, I want him arrested because y'all heard the threat. And it, it was just a tit-for-tat thing because everything was hers. If she felt like it was hers, it was hers. And that's definitely a red flag that I didn't see because she, neither one of us had nothing coming into the relationship. So, Can, can I, can I uh, uh, make this quick comment, and, and I'm not going to be long. This is what I mean when I call the show as a single guy, and I say a lot of ladies are opportunists. Mm. And and they have the power of being raised many times by single moms who has told them the male is irrelevant. Mm. We are the only we are, we are the only culture in this entire world who puts the boys last and the girls first. We tell the boys this is what you should do to take care of and appease a woman, and we tell his sister this is what you should do so you don't need a man. Now, not in every regard, but in majority of the regards. And this is why I say it's really not their fault. It's our fault as men because we allow it to happen generation after generation. You've got to be concerned about your mama. You've got to take care of your sister. But nobody says, dude, your sisters need to take care of you, make you a plate like they do in all the other cultures. Your sisters have to make sure you stray you. Nobody ever tries to make sure the male is in power. So when these ladies get older and government daddy has really coddled majority of their life, of course they turn to you and say, I can win in court and I don't have to respect you because this is what they've been. And we used to think that back in the 1700s too until men went against men in court to make things fair for women. But like I always say to people, there's no women that are going to go into court and make things fair for men. It's not going to happen. So more and more males are, are starting not to believe in the unicorn, and more and more males are starting to say, I'm going to be a dragon and be concerned about me. And any woman I get with needs to be about me and what I'm doing. If you call that arrogant and wrong, I'm sorry, but i got to protect me in this world where if I choose the wrong woman, I fall off harder than she does. And that's that's what I always say when I call the show. Mm, yeah, I noticed that um, when, when you say that. Uh, it was another comment that was made quite some time ago about um, a guy, I don't want to mention his name, he said that we should cohabitate in different homes when we get upset with each other. Would that be a red flag if you heard a woman or a man make that statement? I don't think so because because you've got to do it to find out if you really want to be together. I think it's sensible. No, I'm talking about after you get married. This was his solution to divorce or not getting them. Or prenups, I believe. And no, no, I, I, I don't. I can't recall what the solution was 
to why he said that, but he said that after marriage, the woman should keep her house and the man should keep his house. And if they can't dwell together, if they ever come to a point where they can't dwell together, she needs to move back to her house. What, what he was saying was that any time they have an argument, that they have an option to go stay at their, their other house. They want, a, they want a back door just in case. Mm-hmm. There's, no right. safe haven. There's no just in case. How is a safe haven a bad thing? Because, you know what, here's the thing that I, I always tell people. At the end of the day, don't we want to succeed? And if we've got to take a step back or go to a point of refuge to move forward, how is that a bad thing? Yeah, it appears bad because we would like for the king and the queen to stay in the same castle, but sometimes the king got to go riding and hunt some fox and go stay at an inn, and sometimes the queen got to go take a trip off to another country and get away from this knucklehead. But in actuality, if the kingdom thrives, and I think that's what we get, we tend to forget when we do shows, uh, all shows, not 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 this show, but just all shows. People tend tend to forget the end result is the kids and the kingdom. So, if she needs to go over there to chill out, and I need to go for the hundredth time, let's do that. Because if we come back together, you know what? I thought about it and. That's how it should be. I, I just, you know, I, I, I love love, and I want love to succeed no matter how pessimistic I sound sometimes. But we got to step back to move forward sometimes. But what is that teaching your children? Does that teach your children if you can't get along? Is that a red flag that you're passing down to your kids? You know, if if you can't get along, just move out. And then well, 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 here's the thing. Is it, and maybe it's just me, but telling the kids everything is not always a suggestion. If mommy takes a long trip, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's stuff that, that people back in the days of radio did not share with their kids because they needed their kids to have somewhat of an illusion of how not to mess up like them. So. Yeah, moving out is a bad thing, but if you're one of those parents like, hey, me and mommy couldn't get along, so no, mommy's going on a trip. She needs to go do X, Y, Z. She'll be back. I mean, I, I just I, I just don't them. see the benefit. Lie to them. Just say that. Just just lie to them. <laughs> I mean, we, I, I mean, we lie to them all the time anyway. Yeah, but so 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 let's teach them that that the commitment that they made doesn't mean anything because they have a back door. So if the commitment, you know, the commitment that, that, that they made to each other now is bogus because once the heat comes, they can go somewhere else and cool off, somewhere in another location and cool off. And when that happens, just lie to the kids and say, well, daddy's on a business trip. Well, mommy's on a business trip. Don't we lie to our boss, though? Don't we lie at the job sometimes? Don't we not tell half-truths about the project we should have done? I mean, we're not, we're not totally honest in everything that we do anyway. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to be quiet after I say this. If the, end hey. result, if the end result is to benefit the long term of the relationship, live with that lie. But if your truth needs to be said so much to where it ends the relationship, then I don't see how that benefits 
You're right, but any lie can actually be the beginning of the end of the relationship anyway, even one lie. So, I mean, for us to embrace the fact that we all lie, and it's all good, and we can lie to our kids because we lied to our boss, and we can lie to our spouse because we've lied in the past, once we embrace that and we continue that type of behavior, then obviously we have to be prepared for the bad thing that may happen, that lie may catch up to you. That's all I'm saying. And, and children is not as naive as we would like to think they are, you know, um, you can they can they hear you fussing and they know when you're beefing and to say you know mom, daddy's going on a trip or a vacation they're gonna be like yeah right you're going to the other house ain't you or you know you're going down the street to get at the other lady house ain't you or you know kids but they're just you know out of respect they'll be like okay daddy and keep it moving but they they're not as naive as we would like to think they are you know um, and and running is you know lying to our boss. I mean, we might have to do that to keep our jobs, but lying to our children, we're teaching them. So whatever we pour into them, that's exactly what they're going to pour into their children or that's what they're going to get out of it. You know, I, I don't – You then then you would earn the reputation of Papa is a Rolling Stone and all these other things that they, they used to call us or, or currently call us, you know, deadbeat dad, you know, because he dropped out on his kids or it take daddy four hours to go get a, 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 a thing of milk or – a loaf of bread. Come on, mom. You know, wake, wise up. They sometimes they they bold enough nowadays to t- tell the mom to wise up. You know, daddy is not going to the store to get no bread. You know, even though the woman want to be naive enough to not see that red flag that he's going to somebody else's house. Yeah. You know, but I got a monkey ranch. So if, if anybody else has What's up, fellas? Go ahead. Go ahead. What's up, man? This is brother Harry. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I think one of the things about, um, like, red flags is I think sometimes we've got to juxtapose and say, you know, what kind of standard do we want for ourselves as we get into marriage? And then also examine what are, what are the values that, you know, if you're raised on values or raised on a foundation of values, then those should be your um, kind of your barometer when you go into a relationship. Um, and a lot of times, and I think this is what a lot of you guys have kind of hit the head on, is there's some things that you see before you get in marriages, and then there are other things that have been discovered after you get in marriages, and then you got to figure out how to navigate through the things that have been discovered after marriages to figure out, am I willing to stick out with this, or am I, do I have to, like, throw in the towel and move on? And I think some of you all have have had to make that decision, so. Yeah. I'm still making it, some of us. <laughs> Good words. Hey, I, I, got a, I got a question, you know, kind of. Piggybacking off of what the brother just said, um, it, it's um, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because um, I'm married myself, and um, I know it's something to this, but and anybody can answer this question: Why is it that you can have two people, both good people, a husband and a wife, uh, have children, 
and both are committed to the growth of their family, and but just seems to butt heads so much. I mean, you kind of got one common goal, and that's the success of your family, the success of your children, and but you just butting heads all the time for some reason, or beefing all the time when y'all have the same common goal and you are both good people. Like, what because, is what is that really about? Because somebody's me is more important than the we. I, I, I'm, I'm not married, but I keep it 100. Somebody's me is more important than the we. I mean, I, I look at everything like I do business, and I had a great relationship with a person that I probably should have married, but my me was more important than the we And at that time. And, I, and, you know, in retrospect, I look at it. It's like, yeah, I mean, come on. Was that conversation really that important? No, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. I wanted control at that time. I wanted to be right. I wanted to, even though maybe I thought she was wrong and totally wrong. And, you know, like in my case, I didn't want to have to keep accommodating what I needed to do to fix her stuff that I thought we had talked about, and you go do something totally different. But that's the patience of God, as we like to say on this show, Hey, look, I should have been more godlike, a little bit more patient. Hey, look, look, Ma, look at the position you put me in. I thought we talked about this. This is this is part 17. I feel like you disrespected me. Maybe I should have had that conversation rather than, you know what, this is too much. I done had this conversation 17 times. I feel like you dissing me. I'm out. I, I can't do this. So, so do, you think that, do you think that the fact that, because you've never been married, right? Nope. All right. Do you think that the fact that you've never been married could a woman could perceive that as a red flag? Oh yeah, anybody can perceive anything. I mean, the fact I wear shorts, you know, uh, <laughs> the fact I wear <laughs> I wear box. Well, you know, because because here, here, here's what I learned in, in, in being a counselor. Everybody got stuff that they want to see other than themselves because everybody wants to get in a relationship to be glorified and to take advantage. It's the rare person that says, no, I want to be a giver, and I want to find a person who's also a giver so I can outgive her and she can outgive me. That's where love is. But when you got people who are like, you know what, hey, uh, perfect example, I saw my homeboy cheating on his wife. I told him, hey, Talk to your wife, say, hey, sweetheart, I need you to get off this size 12 and get into the size 6. But you need to create options for her to do that. Oh, man, you've never been married. Yeah, but I know you, and that's what you want. And that's why you're out tripping with these scallywags, because you're afraid to go to this person that you created a partnership with and say, hey, i got a visual problem here. Well, it's not that easy. Of course it's not. But the problem really is yours. In order to create a better situation, you've got to do the hard work. I'm sorry. Eight months later, you know what? You're right, dude. I need to reinvest in my wife. Did that, now they got a better relationship. I believe, I believe what you said. I mean, that could easily be what it is. Um, somebody's me is bigger than the we. But I think that is uh, a lot more um, simple than that. 
if that's the right word. I, I think it's just so easy for two individuals to have a misunderstanding. I think just misunderstandings are rampant in relationships, whether it be business or friendship or specifically intimate relationships. And when I say intimate, I mean like real close quarter, you whip them all the time type relationships. It's just so easy to have misunderstandings because there's a lot of people that both of them may not be, even one of them can be selfish and still find themselves at odds about things. And both of them probably can talk to their home, their friend or their girlfriend, and the friend of it'll sound perfectly, you know, perfectly right that they upset. And the, and the same thing for the other person. I think it just has to do with it's just so simple to have a misunderstanding when you have more than one person or you can't see in somebody's brain and understand what they you know, exactly coming from. So maybe we don't express ourselves properly or something. And I think it's just misunderstandings, really, that cause that type of thing. I think it's also um, people, you know, because we look like, I mean, we look for people that we're going to marry. We look for them to be kind of like us. You know what I mean? Like the things that we like to do, to think the way that we think, want to go to places that we want to go, have the same like goals, you know what I'm saying? But that has a cost because now the way that you are and the person is the, that, that you married is the same way, then that can turn into like oil and water, you know what I'm saying? So if you have a pushy side, they got a pushy side. You know, if you have a, a because I said so side, they have a because I said so side. You got an independent side, they got an independent side. And when it's when it's so much alike, you start to clash because somebody's got to be on the top and somebody's got to be on the bottom. And a lot of times we can't figure it out in a relationship. So you love each other, you got the family, you want to stay together, but you're constantly at each other because you're too much like each other. Hmm. I totally you know, agree with that. I think people don't realize that the the marriage is an entity in itself. And people don't realize that the number one goal of of the marriage or or or, or should be is for the mar is the survival of the marriage. And people don't know how to protect their marriage, and they allow issues to get into the marriage instead of keeping the marriage separate from the issues. And then all of a sudden, every little thing has happened. It's a personal attack, and now now it's time to bring out my personal defense instead of understanding that. That issues are separate from from the actual marriage, and dealing with the issues instead of l- allowing the issues to seep in and destroy the marriage. Hmm. Classy, you were saying something um, that you was agreeing with Tony. Yeah, I I agree with what he said just a moment ago about, um, and I lost the point. I do apologize, but I I, I agree with the uh, the the premise of the person being too much like the other. Um, if, if you, you know, I, I strongly believe in the yin-yang theory. I think that you got to have counterparts that complement uh, the other person. Uh, somebody said on this show uh, when they were with somebody who um, he was doing X, Y, or Z, and then the person was like, well, I can take on that. And then, you know, the gentleman who was speaking uh, was like, you know, well, I never thought to give her that because I was just so used to doing it. Mm-hmm. That's a counterpart thing, and I think that's great. I think when you got this thing where you pick people 
and I see it in some ladies. Some ladies pick you because they feel you hot. They feel you look good for them. But then they have no substance about themselves. Well, imagine the guy who got locked in in a marriage with that, or imagine the woman who got locked in in a marriage with that. Well, you found out, okay, we we get along well, but okay, but what about the hard work? How do y'all do with that? Well, you know, he see when you got to start off like that, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's not a good look. So, so my 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 last point along that line, I, I made a comment to somebody a couple of weeks ago. I said, nowadays, as a single dude, females in Black America do not enjoy being feminine. They enjoy looking feminine, but do not enjoy being feminine. But at the same time, they want their men to be masculine and show uh, 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 chivalry. <laughs> you can't. Well, you can't. You can't do that. Well, um, I, well, can I address Andrew first? You said something that I have a question on. Andrew. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. You said a few minutes ago. You said that uh, that you have to separate the issue from the marriage. What is what if the issue is a red flag that was brought into the marriage that you never addressed, and now you have to kind of you come to terms with that issue, and it's so much of an issue that is really bothering you in the marriage. Well, um, first of all, you have to decide whether divorce is on or off the table. And if you guys decide that divorce is off the table, um, then you don't have too many options. I mean, you got married and happy, married and miserable, and murder. (laughs) If you take divorce off the table. And if you take divorce off the table, that means you got to solve the issue. So the first thing, if you want your marriage to, to, to last, don't get a divorce. Take divorce off the table. Second thing you've got to do is figure out now, do we want to be together and miserable, or do we want to be together and happy for the next 40, 50, 60 years? Hopefully you choose together and happy. And then you've got to figure out how do we do this. The issues, first of all, nobody is up front 100% when they meet somebody and get to know somebody, marries them, and, and people change over years. But it doesn't matter what the issues are. You've got to get them solved if you decide that we're taking divorce off the table. So, you know, um, as far as separating the issue, the issue is not the person. Okay, the issue well, could it, be of- you spend too much money. The issue could be... You know, you're, you you watch pornography. The issue could be you got a girlfriend. Whatever the issue is, that the issue is the issue. But that's not the person. I totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. So, so even if, if, you, if the issue you, is... you get the premise first that the marriage will will be protected and your vows meant something. So see, everybody gets married and says the same thing. Till death do us part, in good times and bad, in riches and poor. Till death do us part. Yeah, I said till death do us part, but not this. Hmm. So what do those vows really mean? And, and, and you know what? That's that's the whole thing. And to to Andrew's point, that's the whole thing. Why I say as Q the stuff that I say, because I, I ran into and this really speaks to Andrew's point. I ran into a person 
who uh, he had just came up to the hospital, ICU, looking for his wife. Wife had just been stabbed in the neck, in the vocal cord at a club. Okay, so they got a divorce or were in the middle of the divorce because this lady felt, I can do better. Had nothing to do with her not having a loyal husband. This dude beat her entire family there. You see what I'm saying? Had nothing to do with those things. It had to do with she felt, and later found out it was some of her girlfriends putting in her ear, but she felt, I can do better. This dude didn't cheat on her. This dude didn't hit her. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't their situation, which is why I say a person can see anything that they want to see. But with this blade sticking out the side of her neck, touching her vocal cords to the point where she'll probably never speak again, she woke up to see this dude holding her hand. Mm. A couple of hours after it happened. You see what I'm saying? To cause her, the man came out crying joyful because she pointed to her ring that was still on her finger. Because people it, it, people have these opinions about things until they're put in a space, mm. unbeknownst to them and beyond their control many a time, where you have to turn to this other person and say, you, you really do appreciate me, don't you? I thought you didn't. Nope, right mm-hmm. here. Okay. Well, now I've got to get out this hospital and evaluate everything I've ever said and done. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, one one thing you said earlier, Classy, I wanted to get back to. You said that women don't want to act like women, but they want a man to treat them like a woman. Right? Is it, am I quoting you right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and 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 why do you say they don't want to act like women? I don't. I didn't understand that. Well, here's the thing. In in in, in all on this planet, femininity purr. Males don't purr. Okay? Males show other forms of affection, but they don't necessarily purr. So that is a feminine trait. And whether it be uh, a cooking aspect, whether it be an aspect of just showing some type of nurture aspect, you, you have to have some feminine trait. But what unfortunately happens is you have some people that sold to the other side and they don't have those traits, that now you are dating a man with breasts. Or, and when you hear a lot of women complain, some dudes are so feminized, she feels like she's dating a woman with a penis. Those things are harder to deal with because you want that yin-yang. If you're a person who can deal with that, then fine. But you have a lot of people who are not embracing of their femininity, and then it it, it throws an imbalance off. So what you said earlier about what what are you teaching the kids? Mm-hmm. Okay, if if mom is walking around here like a sloth, or dad is walking around here like a beer gut idiot bumping in the walls, what are you teaching them? It's the same argument. If mom is walking around here, mom don't cook, and y'all going out here to eat, what are you putting in the value for this kid when they get married, per your point? Mm -hmm. Everybody has to do some level of manhood. Everybody has to do some level of womanhood. When we're not doing none of that, the kid is soaking that up, and then when they get to somebody, open doors. What what, what do you mean open doors? My daddy never opened no doors. 
My daddy never yeah, did what? the lard. <laughs> right. But one thing I was I was addressing, I was thinking about when you said women don't want to act like women. A, a lot of the times I've seen it based on their environment. If their environment, I know you live in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Um, and in Atlanta, you got a lot of thugs. And in those neighborhoods, those those thugs don't want girly, girly women. They want kind of, you know, ride-or-die chicks instead of a, you know, a classy woman. So those women adjust their mind frame to what the majority want. Not so necessarily just, so. Well, yeah, yeah, not from my from, from, my from your experience, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I go when I go home, you know, I got a lot of hood people in my family. So when we have barbecues, I see the oftentimes the girl acting like the guys just to get the I'm not going to say attention, but just to get the acceptance. And 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 they see that the guys are attracted to that type of thing. But when they but do they really want a man? Like you said, do they really want a man to open the door for them? Yeah, they really do want a man to open the door for them. You know, yeah, they really want a man to to take care of their 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 bills and rub their feet and and take care of their kids and pay their child support. But you know, or, or or just support their kids or support their families. But if they say it out loud, that makes them something different. You know, when I got with when, when, when it seems to make them something different. When I got with my wife, uh, uh, she thought that I was a I want to be tough guy, and I don't know why she thought that maybe. I, I don't know why she thought that, but because you were beating that man up when y'all met. <laughs> <laughs> Never that, man. I, hey, I got, it. I got, I got a job, so I don't want to lose it. But, uh, but she just, uh, I guess, dealing with her family members, you know, she automatically assumed that I like certain things, and I was like, uh, "What are you? That's a, that's almost a, a turn off." pretty much, you know, it's like, oh, I thought that, you know, I say, no, it wasn't, yeah, I'm not like that, you know, but as your point, you said that they were, they like, uh, they don't want to be, you know, act like a woman, but they want a real man. Let me, let me suggest this, what I found out about the South, because I'm originally from California. We're, we're a lot more suave in our talk and a lot like Detroit dress and, you know, we, we're, we're a little different, not all of us, but majority. Let me say what I found out about the South. The reason why I have found that a lot of women gravitate toward that type of behavior and even the lesbian thing, because dealing with the dude of caliber is hard. I, I, I would, I, because dealing with a dude of caliber is hard. Okay, okay. De- dealing with the guy who is a Christian, for example, and they have these Christian values, and he's steadfast in what he's doing. It's hard for the church-going woman. So she's more likely to gravitate towards something that's not as strenuous. Because we have to admit something that, that, that here, here as far as men when we talk, Andrew and, you know, all, all of us, we talk in a way that, and we don't know each other's lives, but the way we talk is kind of like absolute. This is the finite way we're doing for today, and this is how it is. We don't do too much wavering. We will waver, but we don't we don't do too much. That's hard for a lady to deal with. So she you needs so? to get some. Oh, of course. I got five sisters. I saw it every day of my life. I saw a guy who was loyal. 
that would put it down. Hey, this is what I'm not accepting and not taking. But I saw wishy-washy cats, and the wishy-washy cats always got honored more than the cats who were loyal and dedicated. Hey, God, so I I was your was your dad or your their fathers involved with their lives? Their father was not involved with their lives, but my father was. My father was their stepfather, and that was another part of the issue. They they grew up with their grandmother in Arkansas, so when they came out to us in California, they were already 15-, 16-year-old girls. You see what I'm saying? So what my father put in, and he wasn't a great example either, was some sort of stability to where they appreciated him for stepping in the gap like that. You see what I'm saying? So they referred to him as their dad. But with that, it, it's, it's like they, they, they needed more of a representation than what my dad did. Uh, I said on this show, my sister, her husband cheated on her, and I had to remind her, you never treated this dude with any respect. This dude put you in a three-car garage home before you even made 26. Now, everybody on this, on this panel is like, that's an achievement for a young 26-year-old dude. Mm-hmm. And you don't appreciate that? But no, you never did. The man would come in his own house. You would continue talking to mom as if this dude never entered his house. But my other sister got problems with her husband. She would at least stop. Hey, mom, hold on. Hey, Nate, your food is in the oven. Totally different thing. So that's what I mean by that. It's it's, it's hard to deal with a dude. Uh, I had a homeboy, and, and he, he's a hard prima donna person to deal with, even as a friend. But his girl left him, $70,000 salary man, to go get with a dude who had no job. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's hard to deal with a cat because your femininity, you've got to develop this man. And just like with us as guys, we've got to help develop this woman. It's a, it's a ping-pong type of thing, how I see it. Well, that, well, that, just, that comments bring me to my monkey wrench. Um, kind of in line with what, what this uh, question is about. And, um, and it's a, a lot of men that abuse women or molest children or men that cross over into homosexuality do not want to be this way. So what advice would you give them to assist them with this red flag that they go into a relationship having? I'll, I'll go last because I actually had that situation, but I'll go last. Hey, can I go? Can I go back to that uh, to the women thing right quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If I may, uh, one of the things that I found that uh, um, that determines that is you look at the structure in which the the female was raised, and you can glean a lot into that whole dynamic of. You know, does she want to support a man that um, that basically has um, a progressive attitude that wants to build something that wants to, you know, basically build a kingdom? Um, on the flip side of that, though, is when you look at some one or some female who hasn't come from a, a structure that's compatible with 
the structure that you've been brought up in, I think that's where in lies the problem. And I think what you have is a lot of times you have people marrying each other and they come from two different sides of the track and they're trying to make it mesh together. And a lot of times, you know, that ain't going to work out. But stuff well, like I'm, that, I'm here know? to tell you that my wife and I grew up in very, very different environments. She grew up in the ghetto, and I grew up in the suburbs, and and it's it's not that kind of party. She grew up with an abusive dad, an alcoholic dad, all that kind of stuff. You know, Papa was a rolling stone. Uh, she got brothers and sisters outside, you know, her mother, while, while her mother and father were still together, all kind of crazy stuff. But she... She wanted different in her life, so that's not what she wanted, and that's not what she chose. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, I mean, that's the that's the key is your wife wanted different. I think a lot of times you have people that think they want something, but they don't want to put the work into having something better. People just want to kind of plug and play, you know, buy the app and, and think that's going to be uh, help solve the relationship, but they don't. I think a lot of people they don't understand uh, what it takes to be in a in a relationship. First of all, and the work that you have to put into it, and so once they see you know someone that you know is a is a go getter type A that wants to um, make something of his life, that's a threat to them. That's a threat to what they're used to. That's a threat to what they're comfortable with, and so they rather, you know, you know, cop out and get something that's a lower standard instead of really working to build something. That's so my point. Someone with the you saying so you saying someone that was raised in a two parent home, for example, uh, couldn't be hard or difficult for them to deal with someone who was raised by a single mother. Not necessarily. I think it really comes down to the other um, the other parts of the environment. Somebody could be raised by a single mother, but they may have a, a, some grandparents, some uncles, you know, some other people in their community that could help guide. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it has to be uh, just the family, the immediate family structure. But what's the community structure? What's what's the what's the what are they being exposed to? You know, what are they, what are what are their parents into? I mean, a lot of times, I see a lot of single moms that they want to raise their kids to be great, but they don't really have time to have a relationship. But what they do is, they bring around their uncle, they bring around their grandfather, they bring around somebody in their community that does have a positive influence on their life to kind of show them this is this is what you should strive for even if they can't provide it to them immediately. Well, are those... Go ahead. And I think that goes back to what you said about the whole children thing. It's like, what is this person seeing on a continuous basis? You know what I'm saying? If if thing we can give these kids is a vision of something better than ourselves. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like he he made a great point in that you have people, especially for guys, any male that has a non-abusive but family mindset, he's a great dude. I don't care what he looks like. Again, a non-abusive family mindset. But what 
some people would get caught up in is what makes them wet. So what some people get caught up in is whether they have certain preferences and criteria that meet their preferences and criteria. And that's not a relationship. Some people will say, well, these other relationships are arranged and, you know, people are not happy. You don't know that. Their children end up becoming our children's employers. So somebody's doing something right. But we build and don't leave the kid a legacy. We work for the government, but the kid is a hot mess by the time they're 25. We got our nice car, but the kid does not progress. So how can we say our situation was better? It, it all reflects in how well the kid develops and goes on to succeed after we pass on. If you were rolling around in a Mercedes man, you and your wife, and, you know, the kid, you know, ain't developed, ain't, ain't nothing, he ain't took a step toward nothing, or she ain't took a step toward nothing, we can't say, well, you know, that's the kid's fault. And, well, you got to put a lot of parameters in the kid's way for them to ultimately pick the right thing. Some of it is the kid's fault, but some of it is how you raise. And lastly, to the homosexual thing that you raised, I had a guy on a blog talk show, had the same thing. His title of the show was What If I Had a Father? And we had a long conversation. The reality is we as males do not care about strange boys like our like our community people did. Our community people didn't care if he wasn't his direct nephew or whatever. He had a conversation with on you to help you become a man. This is why I said the whole pimp era wasn't as bad because they helped romanticize the whole thing of pursuing a woman. And I'm not talking about pimps directly. I'm talking about that era. So, you you know, it's it's sad. Now we're in the era where there's no pimp and there's no evil man, and our relationships are worse. So there has to be something to to that whole uh, uh, thing of manhood and what have you. And I think that's what you guys speak on this show constantly. Where's the manhood in the marriage? Where can I continue being a man and at the same time be married? Or do I have to conform and be invisible? That's how I perceive the show. Thanks, brother. And, 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 and it's, a, it's a point that I wanted to make. Um, a guy had told us, well, he was on a, he was on the show, and uh, I got a chance to talk to him personally. And we were trying to – he was trying to figure out about the women. I was trying to figure – he was an abuser. He, well, he used to be an abuser of, of women, and he used to you know, beat them up pretty bad. Uh, to the point where, you know, they just hospitalized and all that other stuff. So it was a question asked to him, um, well, how do you know what woman would would accept that kind of thing from you? And he told me, well, he told the group, I, I was looking for the flags. He said, I was looking for the the red flags of no man in the house, no older brothers, single mom that worked all the time, and low self-esteem. Mm. And he said that it it kind of glows on them without them saying a word. 
Mm. So that was very powerful to me because he can identify without words by just looking at a woman if they didn't have a father in the home. Now, he would have to ask questions to find out if they had a, a brothers or not. But he can just by tell by their, their self-esteem. So how do we keep this? And, and then, I, and, and on the other hand, I know um, know of a situation where a, a girl was in an abusive relationship with both parents in the house, and they never did know anything about it. But she well, still, well, those those well, flags well, were well, still on her. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna add this quick quick two two sentences. Also, a pimp told me how you can find out whether a woman is willing to prostitute herself. He said that whole rebellious spirit, the tattoos, the I don't want to listen, the I'm against family values, he said those would be the main ones that wanted to get out there and walk the track. So how do we, and and with that mentality, Classy, how do you change your daughters or how do we, uh, as fathers, instill in our daughters to cast those red flags away from her so they won't be easily identified as prey. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take a stab at that because I have two daughters, and I'm often commented about how pleasant their demeanor is, um, how, how respectful they are, how they're the star student, um, and it's oftentimes, you know, that old adage, you know, you're only, I want to say you could tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. And, you know, my children, my, my two older daughters, um, you know, again, I may have trouble with them, you know, getting getting them to listen around here. But when they go outside of these four walls, you know, there's really minimal to no complaints. And on the flip side, there's more praise and, and compliments about my children. And, you know, so to your question, the whole point is about, number one, you have to be there. And what I mean by being there is you have to be engaged in, in what they're doing um, and, and who they are and, and as they grow and mature. Like, we have to be there. And so there are no, uh, you know, potential uh, red flags with, you know, with them as far as, not being a respectable child or anything. There's, it's, like you say, it glows on them. They have a glow on them about the fact that they have their father around. It's indicative, you know, that their father is around because a, a, a woman's first love with the opposite sex is her father. And if that, and I've said it many times before, if that relationship is strained, then the potentiality for her to be on the track or be on the pole or to be rebellious or whatever the case may be, the different uh, iterations of how that plays out. But if that relationship with her father is strained in any way, then it's, she could be, you know, potentially hard to handle as a, as a wife. Yeah, well, right now, Rodney, your daughters are – uh, under thirteen, um, and yeah, and you're 11, not eleven and seven. Okay, so the 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 problems that I'm talking about, you probably won't meet them until they get, you know, uh, breast age or 
16 or boy driven you know um so you might not you might not see that not right now cuz right now they don't want to be the apple of daddy's eye until another until a young man come along that likes them and then they start smelling themselves as the old people used to call it but to those who have older daughters um or preacher's kids or you know uh, two parent homes you know i found out when my daughter got suspended last week that she cursed because um, they they had to tell you what happened on the uh, on the incident report, and and it stated what she said, and I didn't identify with that. So I'm like, what is this? You curse? I was totally shocked that my daughter said a curse word, and and, and said it out loud so everybody can hear it. <laughs> you know, so so I was like, well, you you said what? You know, where did you get that from? You know. So I start now, I'm already a very attentive to all, all of my children, but I'm very, very attentive now because I didn't, I mean, that got snuck under my nose because every time she's around me, it's like, oh, daddy, 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 daddy. And it's no um, signs that she would even say such words. So it kind of sent off a red flag to me that I need to pay even more attention because I don't want anybody else to see uh, her outside and then see her different in here, which indicate to them that, oh, I can change her out here and put on a persona in front of her parents when we get there. To answer your question directly, what I found as an honor student is that a busy mind has less time for nonsense. But I found that a lazy mind is susceptible to everything. So when I used to hang around people, and even now, people that have a mindset of trying to do X, yeah, there's a slip here and there, but most of the stuff they don't have time for craziness. But I have people who are rich, their minds are lazy, they're involved in every crucifix under the sun. So, and they complain about it. So it's like... That's how I've always looked at those, at curing those scenarios. The daughter that got a lot of stuff to get done under your tutelage is less likely to be involved in nonsense. The ones that do a little bit here and there and you think they got a full plate, but they really don't, they got time to text, they got time to do X, those are where the problems come into play. You you really got to just survive the pre Pre, pre-high school and first couple of years of college. So I, I just look at it like that. you got to survive those periods of time and get a person into what they need to get to. That's what I told my niece. It worked out for her. You know, you know I used to tell her, just don't get pregnant. I don't want to hear nothing. I'm going to beat your butt and his in front of you. Don't get pregnant. And well, you know, it, I, the, 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 I, let me ask my boy T-Hawk. I'm right here. I want to ask you, did your daughters growing up get anything past you, or did you know about everything they were doing, even if they didn't tell you? Or did sometimes they got – go ahead. No, finish your question. Did you ever – I mean, you know, because sometimes they catch a slipping. 
Sure. Have you ever got caught slipping? You know, you know, like man, you had you don't had sex for the first. How many guys? You know, I mean, how many has it been? You know, I I would I, I can only imagine imagine that that will blow a father's mind to find out that his daughter has had sex, uh, and 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 you didn't see any flags. Was there anything that you caught off that they caught you off guard with that it was no flag shown at all? I think that we would be crazy to believe that we are going to catch anything. Um, there were some things that caught me slipping. Well, let me not say slipping. I stumbled. Okay. You know what I mean? I stumbled a little bit, but I was always on top of them. Hey, somebody always on top of it. Okay, put your move. Okay, no, I'm good. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, I was always on top of, you know, I was I was always nosy. I was always asking questions. I was always concerned, you know. So, yes, they wanted to get away and trick Daddy. Yes, they wanted to do things that Daddy wouldn't approve of. But it always came back. Just like with your child. She out there cussing. It, it's going to come to light. You know, they can run away for a little while, but you're going to catch them. Because you got more endurance than them, you got more time to find out what they're doing than they have time to do wrong. Mm. So, what, did anything ever shock you? Shock me? Of course. Of course, things shock me. You know, that I mean that's, that's a lot of things. I'm pretty sure I shock my parents too. It comes with the territory. You know, but you got to understand that at the end of the day, you still got to love them no matter how bad that shock is. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So, and then you can't be, you can, again, you can't be naive to it. You know, you, you, you know, where did my daughter learn these curse words kind of sounds naive to me. Hmm. Oh, no, no. Well, I, I know that they curse at school, but being, and I know that not my daughter, I know that people People's children curse at school. Not naive to that, but I I was under it, in the impression that you know if you got something to say about me and I'm your father, or if you got something to say to somebody and a teacher is present, you wouldn't you wouldn't say these things in front of teachers. You wouldn't blurt them out. You wouldn't be that dumb for somebody who got weight or who's in the authoritative position that can tell on you. Uh, you wouldn't say it in front of them. I mean, you know, we was kids. You know, we said things in front of other kids, but we would dare not say it in front of the, the adults. And I didn't – maybe I'm naive to the fact that they don't care nowadays if the teacher is present or not when they start using these words. Um, I think that I was more shocked about that by her actually cursing. I mean, you know, when the teacher say your daughter saying something, I'm like – are you that stupid that you had to say this in front of a teacher? And I didn't even know you cursed, but in front of the teacher? Yeah. You know, yeah. That, you know that that kind of threw me off. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and I'm so, like, well, what else do you do, you know? Exactly, exactly. And that's, and that's you have to prepare yourself for whatever when it comes to um, raising kids, especially girls especially girls, because they will shock you. They will break your heart. 
They will do all kind of things to you, test your manhood. I mean, I went through all that with my daughters. Let me tell you something. I wasn't prepared for any of it, but I'm, but I'm prepared now. Because it hardly. They they gone now. They out of the house right now. Well, yeah, but you know, it's still, it's still, you know, I'm still a parent. So there's a lot more things that can happen. Just because they out the house don't mean nothing. That phone still rings. I still <laughs> keep my phone next to my bed. You know what I mean? In case one of them call. So I mean, it doesn't. Wherever you live at, it doesn't matter. You still, you're still your girls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we still got one here now. So. Oh, okay, okay. You know, so I mean, it is what it is. Now, that that's just a unique perspective because I I always thought like Rodney thought. I raise you and I love you and I pour love into you and I just. You know, uh, open have you know your brother open the door for you to show you what a real man. So I take you out for dates, so on and so forth. And then this pops up. It's like, uh, you know, I didn't think that I would have this result from all of that. You know, you know, I I, I gotta blame the Atlanta housewives culture that we live in now. The the unfortunate thing, and I saw it, I, I saw I saw it with my sisters. My sisters used to say to me, you know, mom and dad let you do X. I said, you know what, look, let, let me tell y'all something, because y'all been doing this since uh, we was kids. I said, look, mom and dad knew where I was. I was playing basketball over here. Or I was playing football over there. They can drive by and see me at the same spot I say I'd be at. You guys are trying to get in some boy's house with the doors closed. Totally different scenario. And that's that's the thing with girls. Girls have this thing to where where they want to test who they are based on parameters they know they shouldn't be doing. Dudes, majority of the time, especially back in the day, they get popped in the chest for going beyond barriers. Girls kind of know, ain't nobody going to bust me in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? But if you got that mama, unfortunately, and it's girl to girl, she knows not to do that with that mother. That's the difference between, I think, when when, when dad is involved with the little girl. It's like, I know I ain't going to get wrong. You know, we're going to talk it out. We're going to work it out. And, and, you know, I understand they should, but girls just seem a little bit presumptuous in how they get down. But when it's that mom that might chump you off, you know, you get a girl say, oh, no, I ain't going to do that. My mom killed me. Or you get that bad that are like, okay, I will pop you off in front of your friends. Oh, wait, oh, no, no. Talk back. Oh, no. So, you know, I, I had to fear God and my niece. I told my niece because my niece knew my street cred. I said, I will go down, lay in a garbage can, wait for you and this idiot to get and beat him in front of you. You better not get. And she was like, Uncle. I was like, Look, I'm very serious. Guess what? No problems. And I'm miles away. <laughs> so, you know, it's the same thing with my nephews. I, 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 I would give them commands. He saw them in eight years. I would give them commands. Hey, look, you need to have XYZ done. Yeah, but Uncle, hey, dude. I don't care what grandma and grandma said. Do not have me get on a plane and come see you. The very next day, hey, Junior brought us such and such. A, I know he did. 
and I just think it got to be like that. Mm-hmm. Well, to my, go ahead. Yeah, to my earlier question, I asked um, to all those men that abuse or molest kids or, you know, this homosexuality thing is huge nowadays. But these people want regular lives. Um, I found out, and it really doesn't matter, um, but I found out that I have a, uh, it's a few couples in this neighborhood that are homosexual and they are married, and um, and I I just, I, I just kind of stumbled upon it um, through other people or through them myself. You know, I walked up on uh, one lady because my mail or her mail was in my box, and I went down there and I just walked it down. It was just a couple of uh, you know a couple of houses down, and I knocked on the door. And I guess her husband or her wife or the, the 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 masculine person answered the door, and she thought I, you know, why why you want to see her? I'm like, no, I there was some mail in my mailbox, and and uh, I'm just trying to give it to you. It's like, oh yeah, that's my wife, and she felt a presence to introduce herself as, you know, the wife, the other woman, but um, but we got into it like a light conversation, and I didn't want to get too far into her business. You know, um, but I just was asking, you know, how do you, if you don't want to be a certain way, how do you, what do you tell people that don't want that in their life? You know, uh, how do you tell them to make the adjustment? How, how do you are tell we still them talking to, about red flags? Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, these are these are the red flags that they, they held off. They had... Um, it was a red flag to, to her wife that, you know, I am a, a a man, but or I want to be the man and I want you to be gay, but her wife was a nice woman. and But she was able to identify the red flag to her wife that she liked girls that were acting like men. So I was like, well, how do you? How did you know, or what did she give off to let you know that she was like that? Because she looked like a regular woman to me. Mm-hmm. It just kind of kind of threw me complete. It just kind of threw me completely off to how these women that are dudes act or know, because they want pretty women too. As a you know, as a single dude, I'm, I, and I told you guys I've dated lesbians before. I'm going to say this about that whole community. Very feminine women are not used to very masculine men. Let me say that very clear. I don't care how many, how much you see your homeboy or your cousin, he's a man. Very feminine women are not used to very authoritative masculine men. I'm not talking abusive. I mean, like, Baritone, hey, sweetheart, I need for you to do X, Y, Z. And in return, I'm going to give you this romance. I'm going to put this in your ear. They are not used to that. So what lesbian women have found out is a game of control. I'm going to go in and I'm going to create this facade in order for this person to give me control. And I'm going to keep up this facade even if maybe I don't like it, which is why I've dated some lesbians on the hush-hush that they didn't want their girlfriends to know because that isn't necessarily what they want. 
it's just what the control allows them to have. Now, you'll have people argue this to me, and I'll say, okay, if what you're saying is true, then I would have never had the opportunity to date lesbians. Well, they weren't lesbians. Well, see, now you're trying to label what they override they label. You know, it's like if you're a lesbian person or you're a gay person and you're doing your thing, you need to be comfortable in what you're doing. So the red flag you speak of, it's not so much of a red flag. It's that this person did not get the combination of softness and affection along with dominance. And that's all it is. And that's what I provide the women I deal with, mental Softness and dominance. But 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 when the the lady the lady in the relationship, the lady wife, um, she she made the comment, I don't you think I wanna be this way? I don't right. wanna be like that. So so that's why I was like, Well, uh, if you don't wanna be like that, you just I'm thinking to myself, because I didn't want to insult, because, you know, when you're talking to a different class of people that think a whole totally different way, you don't want to say too much to insult them. Uh, you don't know where their mind frame is at. But it, and, and, I, and I finally, the reason why I brought that up, because I, I see where the offense or the, the threat or seemed to be a threat when the, the masculine wife came to the door and, like, who are you? You know, because she even know that her wife don't want to be the way she is. Right. So, but you know, but you so know what, like, without even knowing that, I just explained that, without even knowing that story, because majority of those situations are like that. Majority, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just telling you 100% what it is. Major, it's the same way in, in, in the gay male community. Most of those guys, I, I keep telling people, when you see older gay people, if they're not both old, one guy is richer than the other guy. And it's been like that since the days of Greece. It doesn't necessarily mean that they want to necessarily be together. My uh, cousin is trying to leave his boyfriend now after several years because he's tired of this dude. Where's the love, is he, tired, is, he, is he tired of the dude or he want to go to another dude? Well, of course he wants to go to another dude because it's all about the next relationship. If it was about love and family and commitment, you stick it out. Hmm. Homeboy ain't hitting you. Homeboy ain't cheating on you. I'm saying the same thing about the the heterosexual. I'm being consistent. If homeboy ain't hitting on you, cheating on you, what you want to leave for? Because you're not serious about what you're doing. So that that that's why I say yeah. Yo yo the the lady red flag. She did describe. She wants she wants that femininity. She wants softness, but at the same time, she wants dominance. And but you said, go ahead. But but you said, um, you know, about leaving, and I asked you a question earlier about, you know, how you. Hello. Hello. And I wanted to ask the flip side of that. To those who have been divorced My question is When you were Divorced And you were back out on the dating scene How was your divorce Perceived as a red flag Because the reality is As Andrew said earlier We we all get married Till death do us part That's what we say anyway 
but mm-hmm. unfortunately your marriage failed for whatever whichever whatever reason. So could that be perceived that as as a red flag to your second or third or fourth wife? And if so, how you know, was there any caution, any hesitation that, you know, this guy has been to the rodeo before and failed? On some level. You know, again it's it's both parties at fault but what I'm asking is how can a divorce uh, be perceived as a red flag to that subsequent spouse that second that third spouse you know because of the simple fact the mere fact that you didn't get it right the first time it it should be a red flag Mm. not that it is it should be a red flag the fact that I got divorced should be a red flag for my wife that I'm trying to marry or the woman that I'm trying to date. Right. It is what it is. It should be a red flag. They should be concerned what happened. Especially mm-hmm. if how, I'm does a dude. Satisfy it? how does she satisfy you know, that concern? Well, how do you satisfy it? How does your wife well, satisfy that concern? I mean, you know, women come into a situation just like men do sometimes and they think they're invincible. They say, well, that was them. That ain't going to happen to me. <laughs> you know, she did what she did, and that's why you left her. But yeah, I'm going to do better. You know what I mean? You know, or she didn't make you happy. They try to push it off on the other person. You know, but if I'm a guy, you know, I should be able to sit there and say, okay, this is why I failed my marriage, because I was the head at that time. You know? So it should definitely be a concern. I think that um, that my wife was the red flag that my wife saw. She was more concerned about why we got a divorce, and she was more concerned with communicating with the ex because she said the only side that you're getting, the only side that I'm getting is your side. And I don't think you're telling the whole truth. And I believe, you know, she believes whatever she believes, but my story sounds too far-fetched. You know, you know, in her mind, why would a woman leave a man when nothing is wrong with him? That's in her mind. So she had to go to the – and she really wouldn't date me until she spoke to my ex-wife. And I thought that was kind of awkward, but that satisfied her curiosity, that, that, um, that satisfied um, – that solidified my answers to her when I told her why I got a divorce. But, you know – they're not going to believe you when you tell them, you know, hey, it's all her fault. Or if it seems to be all her fault, you're not going to tell them nothing that you did bad. For the most part, well, I'm not saying everybody else. Well, I mean, also, what plays is who fired who. If you were the one that got fired, then, yeah, you definitely, it definitely should be a concern. But if you're the one that served the other one with, with divorce papers, then you can say, okay, this is why I decided to get out of this marriage. I chose to, you know, to get a divorce. And that's what happened with you, right? You filed yeah, that, for divorce, what, right, or did she? Well, she she filed for it, um, and I didn't know she was, gonna, uh, she was about to file for it, but she filed for it down in Georgia. And I thought everything was supposed to be filed up here because we lived here. And I just, she just tried to pull an okie doke. But doing all that, you know, if you walk up to a woman and you say, hey, when they ask you, are you married, um, a lot of women didn't believe. They thought it was a red flag that I said, well, uh, I'm separated. 
and that registered to their minds, separation means you're going to get back together. Not understanding the laws um, in Maryland, they automatically thought separation means, oh, you still married, so I ain't going to mess with you. So a lot of them got through my fingers because they, they just chose not to mess with me because I was married. They didn't understand that you got to stay married for a year. You know, they didn't understand that part. But see, this is why I, I said earlier that I think lying or telling half-truths leads to less issue because we want to – I mean, I mean I, I, it, it needs to be said. I mean, and, and why, not have, why not have the single guy say it? You know, okay. it, it's like we need to – in order to keep harmony, mm-hmm. we need to say from a standpoint of a leader – what needs to be said to move to, to move the ball forward. We can be honest as we go throughout moving forward and chop away at some of the half-truths and misconceptions to see if there's going to be some longevity to this. But even I do not anymore convey to a new person coming into my life anything that has to do with anything. I let them draw the conclusions that they need to draw. What interests me is whether I want you to stay around. Now, if I want you to stay around, then I need to start revealing some truths. So what if if the red flag – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, what if the red flag is she found out you lied, and now in her mind you're a liar, and the last person who – she was in a relationship, lied to her a lot, and now she just only thing that she when she see or talk to you is you lied to me or you're a liar. Okay, this, I, I I love you guys on this show, but this is where my arrogance as a man takes over. I have to protect me and my sanity first. Okay. So if I do or say something that my boss thinks is Inappropriate. I'm sorry. I did that so I so I can succeed. Case in point, I had a meeting. I felt, hey, we should be talking about X because I need to know this about the project. Well, no, we're going to do ZYX instead. Okay, and I didn't say nothing about it. Very next day, I came in and con- consulted with the guy on my own accord for what I know needed to be done. Didn't go back and say, hey, I went and did X. Nope. Needed to be done to to preserve my situation because I know you guys are managing wrong. The same thing with the woman. Women, and this is very crass of me to say this, but women in many regards need to be led the way men need to be encouraged. And so I just feel like, you got to put ladies in a standpoint of, hey, sweetheart, this is what's most important. This is what's moving the ball forward. Well, I think no problem. Maybe we can do that, but let's get to it at this period of time. I think that's what men are supposed to be doing. And, and when we get to the point where we, sweetheart, I'm trying to be honest with you. I'm trying to tell you everything that's going on. Uh-uh. Now, now she's overthinking now she's thinking too much. Now you're thinking, well, why are you overthinking? You've given her too much information. So don't say nothing. Don't give her any truths to what answers that she 
request from them. Not unless it totally benefits you as the guy. I'm sorry. It's all about less headaches. I, I, I know it sounds bad, but I just believe in less headaches. I've seen it with my sisters. I've seen it in life. If I can go back and tell the young me, hey, dude, less headaches. It will save you a lot of trips. I want to be honest. You know, I, I want to be, hey, you know, I will divert. Sweetheart, let's not talk about that right now. Let's talk about something else. No. You don't like how I present? I'm sorry. Uh, here's my last thing. Very funny. There's a, a young lady that my homeboy is dating right now who I think is very, very attractive, but more than that, she's a very cool person. He is dogging her out, right? And I don't speak on other people's relationships, but she heard me talking to a young lady one day, and I said, hey, sweetheart, let's not talk about your ex. I'm not your girlfriend. Let's, <laughs> let's not talk mm-hmm. about your mm-hmm. You and I are brand new. Let's get to know us, okay? She turns to me. She says, Q, you're a trip. You, what you be talking I said, no, you're just not used to an assertive man. You're used to hearing a facade. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 you what you just said you just said that you you, you gonna lie to him so you, that's not really assertive that's you just lying to him if you because what I, I did say that right right you, you you did say that that's why I am an advocate of lying to him they don't, or they don't need to know everything no 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 you said lying I said half truths or lies my thing is everybody doesn't need to know your business the first. Six months. So let's go. Of your let's life. talk about let's talk about the or lies part. Okay, okay. If you got to lie to a person, let's let, let me do a reasonable lie. A, a reasonable lie is, um, even though I think the thing with the kids, but a reasonable lie is what you're going through. No, I'm not going through anything right now. Everything's copacetic. I'm, you know, that's a reasonable lie. She doesn't need okay. to know what you're going through. Because now she's overthinking your situation. So let, w- w- what Tony was saying earlier, that that will probably backfire later on when she found out that something was really going on that was very important that was probably detrimental to her health. Let's say if you, uh, if you was dating a crazy chick and she asked you, are you dating anybody? And you was in the middle of trying to leave this crazy chick, and you tell her, "Nah, nah, I ain't, I'm not dating nobody. I'm, I'm good, baby. Everything is copacetic." You know, you tell her that, and here come Miss Crazy walking behind her with a frying pan. Well, well, I've always been consistent on this show. When it comes to stuff like that, I, I believe in telling the truth. Hey, I'm dating you, and I'm dating somebody else. That, that kind of minimizes that whole thing because so I'm you, not oh, scared. So you're not. Okay, so you're, yeah, you, you yeah, lie not, about that. No, I'm not scared to lose a chick. Well, what, what I mean by lying about your personal business to where she has to overthink your life and she starts drawing conclusions about who you are and what you're doing based on the over-information that you've given her. But when it and comes to relationship, that, that's totally different. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm speaking to you and I'm speaking to somebody else. You know, you're not number one. She's not number one. You know, I'm, I'm open right now. But when it okay. comes to the other stuff that has to do with your business, whether you got a court situation, whether you're going to be off for work for the next week and why, all that stuff ain't necessary. 
Okay, so but you don't think that she'll label you as a liar? Uh, well, why you lie to me? Because I thought we were coming into this relationship with telling the truth. Why should it matter? You are the guy in charge of your life. You're trying to pick the best person for your circle. You're not just trying to fit this person in your circle. You're trying to pick the best person for your circle so you can have less problems moving forward. If you start, and we're talking about red flags, and I'm going to be quiet because I know other people got to speak, but if we're talking about red flags, then why are we having to overly explain this to this person? This is a human being like I'm a human being. So if I'm doing it now, I'm going to be doing it later. If I have to accommodate for what you possibly might be thinking, I'm doing a Joe Neckbone here, then, hey, I'm doing too much. Okay. Can you mention liars and half-truths and misconceptions a few moments ago. Um, And I want to drop a final monkey wrench. What are some spiritual red flags? Unforgiveness. Say again. Mm. Unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Expound on that. If you you are... Um, dating, courting, whatever, somebody, and oh, and and you watch the way they treat people that have hurt them, or that they have perceived to have hurt them. Um, if if they cut them off and and don't want anything to do with them, one day you're going to be on that list. It's not possible to have a relationship with somebody and not hurt them. And the way they treat others is going to be the way they treat you. But if they treat them with forgiveness and and that, that's how they're going to treat you. And another one is, uh, they say they are in church and they will, they in the Holy Spirit and they filled and all of this other stuff. And then when you get them outside of the church, then they ready to have sex with you. You know, after the first date, you know, and, and you start thinking, wait, wait a minute, man. You know, on Sunday you was passing out, jumping up and down and shouting, and now you're ready to, you know, you, you put in my drawers off. You know, it, it the it, the contradiction from how they were in the building, from how they are in the street, you know, that is a that's a serious red flag for me because. I believe a spiritual person is supposed to do make their best effort to maintain because that's a lifestyle. It's it's not a something you pick up and put down. So that's that's very scary to me if they can pick it up and put it down because now you know you can you can say I love you and not mean it. Now struggling is different. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to see how she spiritually handles that church parking lot. If she's humble enough to survive that church parking lot and shows me that she has the spirit of God to deal in peace with that church parking lot, that is a a way to go. (laughs) I mean, I I, I think that that's very... uh, it's very scary to uh, to be able to encounter a person that can switch the light on and switch the light off, and and you met them in a manner of uh, 
in a building, in a church building, and you met them in a manner of worshiping, and, and you, you appreciated or loved the way they worshiped, and that brought your attraction to them. But it kind of turned their light switch off when they outside of that, and their minds are completely different, or their attitudes are not like it was perceived in the, in the building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but does anybody have any other questions? Because this was a it was a good show. You know, we done covered every aspect of red flags. Uh, I want to know what surviving a park, park church parking lot means. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It is. Well, it, it, it's it's like this when you. I, I view spirituality different because I've been exposed to quite a few different ones. And I've come to the conclusion that the Bible is for you. The Bible is your measurement of your humbleness uh, toward things around you. And we use the Bible many times on other people, on what they should, they, we feel they should be doing. But I feel like any spirituality that you practice, is really about you. So when you go out to a church or any pre- pressure environment in the parking lot and you're not able to keep that humbleness of God to keep those practices in place, that says a lot because, you know, in, in a samurai religion, which helped me understand a lot of religion, if you do not wake up every day and practice what you say you believe, how then, therefore, can you say you believe it? So when you're under pressure situation, you need to be able to stand steadfast in those things that you say you believe. And that's that's really how I judge it. I, I look at it, you know, I'm not perfect myself, but I, I'm very humble. I'm very patient. I'm very calculated. So if I got to be in a situation when I'm sitting in the parking lot for two hours trying to get out, I'm chill about it. It works. All right. Any other questions, Rodney? No, sir. Anybody got any other thing you say? No, sir. Okay, man. We appreciate you guys calling in. Until next Tuesday, we're going to be uh, engaged in another conversation, and it will be on. I think the subject is trapped. No. Am I a man? Am I a man? I'm sorry. Next week's subject, please be here uh, to talk about or to find out, are you really a man or not? All right. We'll see you all next week. What's up?